0: My name is Dr. Claudia Patch, and I'm a holistic dentist practicing in Woodstock, New York, and I'm on the Big Mouth Pharmacist Podcast. One of my biggest pet peeves in the dental industry is misconceptions about fluoride. You know, a lot of people have this idea that it's a toxic chemical, and very well-meaning people are really suffering the consequences themselves, and unfortunately, their children are suffering the consequences from misinformation. So, you know, it's something we should be cautious about, but I want people to understand the risks and benefits of its use.
1: Welcome to the Big Mouth Pharmacist Podcast. I'm Neil. I'm the Big Mouth Pharmacist. I'm a pretty sarcastic, slightly unprofessional healthcare professional, a holistic pharmacist here to talk about everything wellness, weed, and Woodstock. We broadcast from the most famous small town in America, where I hold court as the town's family pharmacist who tries to get people off their medicines and onto a wellness program free of the BS and misinformation of the natural products industry. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Neil Smoller, holistic pharmacist, big mouth, and vitamin guru to the stars, baby. Well, like four stars, but you know, it counts, I guess. Um, the Big Mouth Pharmacists, we've got our own website coming. So check it out, thebigmouthpharmacist.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And of course, give the podcast some love. Hit us up with some five-star action, and a little bit of a review on iTunes especially, so we can get seen by more people. If you have any topics you want me to talk about, email podcast at woodstockvitamins.com. And of course, visit our awesome website, woodstockvitamins.com, and check out all the extra fun content that we have there. Today, we're talking teeth. Our guest is local, but renowned in her industry. Dr. Claudia Patch is a holistic dentist with a practice right here in Woodstock. Some of her most notable achievements include being recognized as one of the top 25 women in dentistry in Dental Products Report, one of the most widely read dentistry publications. She's published numerous papers on implant technology, and she's part of the Pratau Implant Bridge Team, performing the restorative aspects of the protocol for teeth tomorrow in the Hudson Valley. Her full bio, of course, is over at WoodstockVitamins.com on our podcast page and in the show notes. So, Holistic Dentist. That sounds a lot like holistic pharmacist. And you're right, it does. We actually went to holistic finishing school together. It's like Hogwarts. Um, Actually, it's more like we went to Universal Studio and went on the Hogwarts rides together. That's pretty much all it takes. Uh, But anyway, I want to make it clear that being holistically minded doesn't mean ignoring traditional treatment modalities or established science and being hyper-focused on non-medical treatments or natural products. Instead, a true holistic practitioner, whether that be a holistic pharmacist or a holistic dentist, We embrace it all. So today, we're going to talk about some hot topics like fluoride and apple cider vinegar. Being a practicing expert who sees the effects of misinformation firsthand, Dr. Patch is going to weigh in, and she does so in a unique and eye-opening way, while still teaching us natural things that we can do to have healthy teeth. So here's Dr. Claudia Patch discussing dental health myths and misinformation. So I always start out, Claudia, with a very simple question. Uh, to answer. So I hope this is a good one for you. Uh, Isn't fluoride a deadly chemical that the government's putting in the water to make us vote third party?
0: (laughs) You know, a lot of people think that. And if I do an internet search and take a peek at the first things that come up, maybe I'm going to think that, too. Right. The reality is fluoride is an element. It's Mm -hmm. something that's naturally found. And Mm -hmm. the way in which fluoride was determined to be anti-decay was because it was naturally occurring in water and a correlation was made that the people in this community were having far less dental decay than elsewhere. And that's what prompted the finding of fluoride. So like anything, you know, I I remember being in dental school and there was a slide on the board. They were saying, you know, in excess, this causes death and swelling of cells and just going on and on these horrible things. And then, you know, what is it that they're talking about? They're talking about water. right? (laughs) right. So anything (laughs) in excess is going to be a problem. But when properly dosed, Mm -hmm it is an effective way to manage dental decay.
1: Right. I mean, I say it all the time. Uh, vitamin D is toxic. Everything that I sell is toxic Everything, at the different dose. Right? You know? Anything that's pharmacologically active will be toxic. So fluoride being what, this big like conspiracy theory thing. I think last time we talked about this at your office, it was like, what's the conspiracy? Because you make out when people don't Use fluoride, right? I, mean. I do, and quite <laughs>
0: frankly, you know, in Woodstock, I have seen it's a middle-income,
1: educated, educated yep, group, very well-informed w- people,
0: right? And the dental decay that I see in the population—you'd think we're in
1: a third a world, third
0: yeah. world, or in an impoverished area—and mm-hmm. it's really. It's really upsetting because it's very well meaning people, very mm-hmm. well meaning parents, mm-hmm. um, but just a lot of dental decay. You know, I just saw a patient this week and I think that it illustrates the point really well because uh, in preparation coming in here, I was thinking about it and, you know, I saw a, a little girl. She was six years old, the same age as my daughter, mm. and just a mouthful of decay. She uh. needs baby root canals, she needs stainless steel crowns, she needs a bunch of stuff. She's going to need sedation to have it most likely with a pediatric dentist. And her sister, who is a bit younger, I was thinking, oh, geez, I'm really nervous to see the sister. She's three. And, you know, gosh, she's probably going to be a mess too. Sister has no cavities. So I was talking with the mom, and within a family, we really get like this controlled study in a sense because they've got the same parents enforcing the same rules. Mm -hmm. They're eating a similar diet. Mm -hmm. So what the heck is going on that could explain it? And when I started speaking more, what came out was that the younger sister, when she was young, as is recommended, was using a non-fluoridated toothpaste and during that time, the older sibling was using the same toothpaste as the younger sibling mm-hmm. and didn't start using fluoridated paste until she was about five and a half. Oh. And my gosh, it made a huge difference. And that and that's the difference, right? Because the girl had excellent hygiene. She was eating a healthy diet. Yeah. Um, and fluoride really, it really is effective. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we chatted about, and I think to me is the most compelling and that I advise patients with is, you know, is fluoride 100% perfect? It's not.
1: Neither are seatbelts. Neither are any.
0: <laughs> neither is anything, right? right? But it's been well studied, very well studied for a very long period of time. And we right. have a the long historical The
1: body of record. evidence is gigantic.
0: Yes. And by the way, this Conspiracy theory is longstanding too. So there's been there's been a lot of opportunity for the scientific community to go and research and challenge this. And they keep coming up with a, a relative safety and yeah. use of fluoride. Fluoride is effective for sure. It's one of the things that controls tooth decay. And it's one of the few tools in our armamentarium that really can have an impact. When I compare fluoride as a chemical to the chemicals that are in the dental products that I use, which are deemed to be safe, but have nowhere near the body of evidence um, proving their safety Mm -hmm. as fluoride does, it really is clear to me that prevention is going to make a lot more sense than having to then deal with the consequences of tooth decay. Because they're not without potential risk too, not to mention the expense, the pain uh, of going through those procedures. Of
1: course. Yeah. I think that is probably the best way to explain it to people is that every thing is a branch decision and so there's risks and there's benefits to everything of course and with fluoride we have this great big body of evidence but if you don't want to believe that and you believe that there's a lot of misinformation in that even though it's been validated over and over and over again and the misinformation has been pulled out then okay so we go down the path of no fluoride and your teeth Right. because that's what happens. Right. And like what does that, that look like? What does that look like for you now? So yeah. now you have a, a decision, your teeth fall out of your head and uh, and then you have the consequences of that. And that's a big, big negative, I would say from a health perspective. I know like it shortens your lifespan if you lose teeth, right? I
0: mean, a lot of people who have uncontrolled decay, they have infection as well. Mm-hmm. They're, they have pain. Mm-hmm. Um, the teeth can shift, you'll lose teeth. Potentially, you could need a root canal, which mm-hmm. is also a pretty controversial subject. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if we could prevent that in the mm-hmm. first place, especially in childhood, mm-hmm. that's really fantastic. Mm-hmm there are people who don't use fluoride and they are able to get away with it. They Mm -hmm. don't have an issue with decay.
1: There's women that smoke cigarettes until they're 95 and never get any sort of cancer, you know, at at all. So that doesn't mean anything. Right, Mm -hmm.
0: right. So, I mean, that said, for an adult who is going to be really well-informed and consistent about having a diet that's Mm anti-cavity, then maybe not using fluoride is something that is a possibility for them. Mm -hmm. I know for me, Mm -hmm. there's no way. I would for sure get cavities. So I use it myself. My kids use it. Mm -hmm. Um, But for some people, they can get away with it, but they need to be squeaky clean in every sense. And a lot of people don't really understand how cavities are formed. Yeah. Um, a lot of people who I'm seeing in the Woodstock community who mm-hmm. aren't using fluoride are eating diets. They're really going out of their way to eat healthful diets. Yeah. Very, very conscientious. Well, guess what? Organic fruit causes tooth decay just like soda. Yeah. You know there are the the juicing um, a juicing diet. This is really bad for your teeth. Um, Snacking frequently and eating small meals, while that may be a very good thing for somebody's metabolism and their other advantages, it's still really bad for their teeth. So it's not just obvious that you can eliminate the things that everybody knows are bad. You're not eating candy, you're not drinking soda, and you're going to be protected from tooth decay. Mm -hmm. And that's the part that's really sad because these people are health conscious and they're trying to do the right thing and Mm -hmm. they're electing to not use fluoride and they're having a lot of consequences from that decision.
1: Huge. And the you know, like you said, they're, they're trying to make the right decisions and they're trying to do the right things, but then, you know, they, they forget these repercussions and 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 this advice, the stuff that you're saying, you're a realistic dentist, right? So you want natural options. You want the best lifestyle options. And and part of the reason why I think we get ar- along so well is, is because we both have the same attitude is like science is science. So if the science says that you can eat away a problem, do that before you do any drugs or any therapies course, or anything like yeah. that. Um, but in the event that you need a medical intervention, then you you need to use that and then you need to use it responsibly. So no, we're not telling you that you need to um, squeeze toothpaste into your mouth and eat the whole tube and swallow it. No, we're saying apply a small amount um, on a regular basis uh, because the benefits far outweigh the risks and then the risks associated with not doing that are great. And the thing that I always find is the natural products industry has gotten so good at teaching people to downplay all of the potential side effects of a natural intervention, quote unquote, you know, uh, and then blow up all the problems from the traditional side, from the pharmaceutical side. Oh, that medicine has that side effect and everybody's going to get it and you're all going to die from taking it is the mentality. But, oh, something we're going to talk about, apple cider vinegar, you know, oh, that that's super safe and it doesn't have any problems. Meanwhile, there's a, a big, long list yeah. of them. So it's it's an it's an interesting thing. And I, we should say that, you know, in Woodstock here, we don't have fluoride in our water.
0: No, we don't. And that's also part of why, you know, when I came to this community, I was blown away. Mm -hmm. I was talking to friends of mine from... Schools and they're in like inner city areas mm-hmm. and they're like they're like we don't see kids with cavities like this yeah. really what the heck is going on yeah um, and it's a it's a significant problem in our right. area I'd love to talk about you know really what causes tooth decay Please. because they're not they're not that many variables so I think if people can understand what's at play mm-hmm. that can help them to make better choices yep so well hang on a second I I, oh, sure. I just
1: I have to take off my tinfoil hat uh, <laughs> now that I've done that I, we're gonna have that conversation now. All right, go ahead. Yes, talk about tooth decay. Mm -hmm.
0: So um, there are basically three things that affect decay, Mm -hmm. right? So there's carbohydrate exposure, Mm -hmm. and that carbohydrate exposure could be really high concentrations like in a soda or Mm -hmm. candy, but it can be in low concentrations like very diluted juice Mm -hmm. or even just the the Naturally occurring sugars in even low, you know, like in if you're juicing, right, um, or any sort of carbohydrate b- bread product, mm-hmm. right. So access to carbohydrates. Um, the other variable is fluoride. Yep. And the final variable is the quality and quantity of saliva. So we can't do much to change the quantity and quality of saliva uh, within there. There's some sub. There's some things that can have an impact, but more or less, those are related to intrinsic bodily functions that are not easily modifiable. Mm -hmm. You know, there are a couple of things that, there are things that people do that dry their mouth. Mm -hmm. um, And some of those things are things that are within their control. A lot of things are not within their control. It's either just how their body is made, or more commonly, um, because of medication that they're taking for different reasons that have dry mouth as a side effect. Mm -hmm. So there's little that we can do about um, dry mouth and the saliva. So that leaves us with diet and it leaves us with fluoride. So of course, the easy thing is to add fluoride if you're not using it uh, because that's much easier than severe, uh, severe dietary modification. Although... On its own, if somebody's diet is problematic, fluoride's not going to be able to be enough to fix that.
1: Right. I mean, I like visiting my dentist. I, I go like probably every seven to 10 years uh, to my <laughs> dentist, and I like oh, to eat a whole I'm... rack of Oreos before <laughs> I go in just to really get my money's worth.
0: That's right. And
1: uh, so, but yeah, all that sugar on my teeth is probably pretty bad for the the enamel and, and such, I'd imagine, right? Mm-hmm. It
0: is. So actually what it is, it's not the sugar itself that causes tooth decay. Mm-hmm. The sugar is consumed by a bacteria, strep mutants. Mm-hmm. And then that sugar will release an acid byproduct as a waste product of metabolism of the sugar. Mm-hmm. And that acid is what destroys the tooth. Mm-hmm. So every time you have an exposure to a carbohydrate, be it high concentration or low concentration, you're going to be at an increased risk of tooth decay for about 20 minutes after having that exposure. Mm -hmm. And then your saliva works to buffer it back down Mm -hmm. and bring you back to a lower risk. So I always give the example of a bag of M&Ms, right? Oh,
1: what a great example. What a
0: great (laughs) example, right? So if you have a bag of M&Ms and you just eat it,
1: Mm-hmm. Normally in one gulp, right? In one sitting, right? In one sitting, even though everybody else is waiting for me to share. Right? <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: So you've got you've got the M and M's. You eat it in one sitting. You're at risk for the time that you're eating it, yeah, and 20 minutes after. Wow, right? Now, imagine you have that same bag of M&Ms, but you've got one, and then like a half hour later, you have another one, another one, and at the end of the day, you've had a bag of Mm M&Ms, but you've had it over a very long time. Mm -hmm. Well, that's going to have a really different impact on your teeth than if you just were to eat the bag of M&Ms in one setting because one way it's oh okay it's not great but it's mm-hmm. not too bad mm-hmm. um and the other way could be really catastrophic
1: so the long so spreading out over a long period of time is more catastrophic right.
0: exactly so mm-hmm. the frequency of exposure is really more important honestly than the the concentration of exposure Got and it. that's something that a lot of people don't know and it, it's quite frankly it's not intuitive that it would be that way mm-hmm. and in fact we really try to like not Gorge on candy or sweets. We're taught that you we might. shouldn't do I that. Don't try I love- <laughs> very hard at all. <laughs> um, so. So that's Neil. That's a good thing for your teeth. You're yep. eat it, eat it, need it fast. That's right. You know, you're Halloween gorging, pays off. Halloween doesn't give kids cavities. It's you know, it's the daily exposure and the constant habits. Those are the things that impact decay, yeah. and not only in kids but in adults, of course, too. Yeah,
1: I mean, I like the what you're saying about it not being the sugar, because a lot of people think it's a direct relationship to sugar, but it's it's the the bacteria pooping that stuff out, and that's what I, I think is really interesting. Is that there's data now saying that if you use a good probiotic it'll displace that mouth uh, flora you know yeah
0: and that's I, I would love to get into that with you because i think yeah. that's really on the forefront of of dental care i think that's going to be a big thing
1: yeah the microbiome of the mouth yeah the I mouth mean, is pretty gross i mean we're not dogs but they're really they have gross mouth but but because they can leak, like poop and, and yeah. be okay with and it
0: and i mean their mouths are actually c- quite a bit cleaner than human mouths which is crazy <laughs> because they get
1: exposed to so much more but because of their microbiome they're able to handle it differently yeah. than, than we are, which is always great. So, uh, I don't suggest that anybody go out and <laughs> try that yet with a probiotic. So, um, so I don't know, everybody here at my store is kind of gross. And I said, so what, I always ask the staff questions, you know, to, you know, what can I ask the guest and, you know, how long can they go without cleanings at the dentist and how infrequently can one floss, uh, and still derive the benefits. And, um, one person say say somebody has never flossed. <laughs> what would you say to her? So like the general dental care questions about cleaning and stuff yeah, like that. Like how
0: little can we do? And little, get away yeah, with Yeah, what's the
1: minimum possible that I can get away with? Sure. Mm-hmm.
0: And that's a really fair question. Mm-hmm. Um, let me start off speaking about the average person, right? The average person who's got genetics on their side, because there are people, unfortunately, who are predisposed to periodontal disease and life's not fair and they need to do a whole host more than everybody else in order to keep their disease under relative control. It's Mm -hmm. still going to be something that you need to work at and probably have professional treatment on no matter what you do if you're predisposed to periodontal disease. Mm -hmm. But for the average person, you're looking at needing to completely remove the plaque on your teeth, which is the soft part that you can just brush off. Mm -hmm. You need to remove it every 48 hours, but you need to remove it completely. And the problem is you're not going to remove it completely, right? (laughs) So that's part of why it's recommended you do the brushing twice a day because you're not going to effectively remove the plaque from every surface of each tooth. So by having some redundancy there, that helps to ensure that you're gonna get all the areas. Also, some people do tend to mineralize or calcify the plaque more quickly, and that's what turns into tartar, which is what you cannot remove on your own, what you need to have a hygienist remove.
1: Right, not just for fish sticks, but the stuff in your mouth.
0: So, exactly, (laughs) or Oreos. Um, (laughs) So people who have really impeccable oral hygiene, they can go longer periods of time without seeing a hygienist to professionally remove the debris, Um, Mm -hmm. but... You need to really do an excellent job. So mm-hmm. for everybody, my you know, myself included, if I go on vacation and I don't bring my sonic toothbrush, mm-hmm. by the end of the time that I'm there, mm-hmm. I could feel it. I have yeah. I have more accumulation on my teeth and I need to get home and like you know, go into work and clean it. Yeah. Right. I have that luxury, yeah, but not real. everybody yeah, does. I, mean, I could just
1: steal oxycodone you can get the teeth <laughs> That's <clean>. right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so um Everybody really, I think, would benefit from being on a, an electric versus manual toothbrush. Oh, that was another
1: question is like uh, the idea of water picks or electronic toothbrushes or manual toothbrushes. Yeah. So what what's better?
0: You know, I'm a dentist. I've got great dexterity. Mm-hmm. I know how to brush teeth. Yeah. Yeah hands down, I do a better job mm-hmm. with an electric toothbrush. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're doing the job anyway. Yeah, it's a little bit more costly. I've, I use the Sonicare. Mm-hmm. I've been hearing really great things about the Quip brush, which is a better, an easier price point, and they auto deliver the oh, heads. Like, yeah. um, mm-hmm. So I, I have not used that myself, but I have Commented on patients like, oh, geez, you're looking better than you have. And mm-hmm. they, I've had a couple people tell me that they started using that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, whatever it takes to get you using an electric brush, mm-hmm. I definitely re- recommend it. Mm-hmm. The Water Pick 2 is a great adjunct. Um, it's not a replacement for flossing, mm-hmm. but it is, it will definitely improve the quality of your gums. And yeah. I can, you know, your dentist can tell, by the way, if you go and floss and do everything right before your appointment. Yeah, we could tell. Yeah, you could tell, yeah. right? Because it looks worse than probably if you didn't do it at all because now the gums aren't used to that. Yeah, they're all Yeah. And and a mess. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, if you're brushing your teeth or flossing and you're bleeding when mm-hmm. you're doing that, mm-hmm. that's an indication that you've got uncontrolled inflammation. Yeah. And if you stick with it, as long as you're not looking at having periodontal disease, if you're still just in the gingivitis range, mm-hmm. um, if you stick with it after about two weeks or so, that bleeding will stop and you'll mm-hmm. notice you'll feel more comfortable. The gums are going to be healthier. They'll look healthier, less red, yeah. nice pink coloration. Um, the part about the flossing, how infrequently can you do yeah, it? Yeah,
1: because what the heck? Who wants to do that? Yeah,
0: So, you know, The research shows that it could be every other day. Okay. Right, but you wanna do a really thorough job.
1: What about every other leap year? (laughs) (laughs) That might not be enough. Um, (laughs) It might not be, Mm -hmm. but
0: uh, really, I find that with a lot of the oral hygiene recommendations, getting somebody to do it on a daily basis so that you're now establishing that as a routine Yeah. Is the way to go. If you're just if you're intentionally doing a something every other day, you're going to do something once a week. It makes it's it's just not part of the norm. Yeah. Versus you know every night I wash my face no matter what that's mm-hmm. just what I do. Mm-hmm. I don't miss a night right. Yeah. Every night I brush my teeth. So for people who start flossing and some people who start water picking, going to bed without. Having floss that day is as like what you went to bed without brushing your teeth. That's disgusting. You woke up in the morning and went to work but without brushing your teeth.
1: Twice a day, brushing and flossing my whole life until I met my wife, and for some reason I just stopped. She like she's just like, well, "What are you doing? Going to the-? like just stay in bed or whatever?" You know, when we were young, and now I don't do it. Uh, uh, like I don't brush my teeth at night, so it's disgusting. Oh, it's the worst thing that's, ever. That's yeah. terrible. You yeah, should not. No, it's a do horrible that. habit. And and you know, you bring up a good point. You know, along with holistic care is like. 95% habits and behaviors and 5% the stuff that we actually consume. You know, like the it's vitamins true. and everything it's like true. that. It's true. It's all psychological, so.
0: So actually that brings up a, a good point, which is, it's it's not e- it's not equal brushing your teeth at night mm-hmm. versus brushing your teeth in the morning. Mm-hmm. So brushing your teeth at night, so listen here, okay. Oh brushing your teeth at oh night geez. is um is actually the most important time that mm-hmm. you're gonna brush your teeth because at night mm-hmm. your salivary output decreases, right? So we're not like aspirating our saliva in our sleep mm-hmm. and we're at we have less protection from mm-hmm. decay at night than we do during the day. Right. So you really wanna be removing any sort of sugars any sort of um, plaque that's on the teeth particularly before bed and brushing your teeth every night alone just once a day Mm -hmm. people can achieve health that way Mm -hmm. Um, but once again I you know just I I recommend twice a day twice a day electric brush floss once a day you're gonna be you're gonna be in good shape for most people
1: I mean what's it gonna take to get 10 out of 10 dentists to agree on something that was never
0: gonna happen. Right. Ten like, out of ten anybody are right, never like gonna like agree.
1: Nine out of ten dentists <laughs> recommend bra, bra, bra. Like, like, <laughs> But the uh, anyway, the the idea here uh, about because this brings up another point, xylitol. Xylitol being a, a magical uh, yeah. tool that people don't know that they even have access to.
0: So xylitol is really cool from a uh, from a bacterial standpoint. I, I kinda love it because it's you, you normally when the strep mutans consumes the sugar, yep. um, what that or the sucrose. The metabolic byproduct is acidic and that's what causes tooth decay. When you've got xylitol, the bacteria will consume that, thinking it's sucrose. But the byproduct is actually self-destructive to the bacteria. It's toxic to the bacteria ah. that forms it. So there, it's like this, this sugar substitute that's just... It's like a Trojan like, horse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, uh, I just think that's really kind of a nifty concept. And you can use that to shift the microbiome in your mouth. Mm-hmm. The thing with xylitol uh, to look out for is that a lot of the xylitol-containing gums that are in the... S- Just, you know, regular drug stores and the gas Mm -hmm. stations really doesn't have enough xylitol in it to be effective. So that's one part. And the other thing to look out for is that xylitol, if taken in excess, will cause uh, osmotic diarrhea. Mm -hmm. So you really can't, you know, you've got to use it uh, sparingly.
1: Right. Not a piece every 10 minutes. Not a piece every 10 minutes. And don't swallow your gum. And don't eat yellow snow. All of the classic advice. That's
0: right. I can uh, share a little thing about one of the xylitol studies because I think it's really, it's one of the classic literature findings with xylitol, and I Mm -hmm. think it's pretty cool, Mm -hmm. um, that when they did studies on mothers who chewed xylitol gum, they actually found that their children had less tooth decay just because of the mother using it. Because During it pregnancy up, or like? Uh, no, after pregnancy. And the way that this works is that you're changing the biome of bacteria in the mother's mouth and we get our bacteria from our parents basically because they're, we're sharing food with them, we're kissing and there's that's, that's how we have the bacteria that we have. Generally it's mm-hmm. from our parents. In these studies they're a bit older so it's of course only looking at mothers and mm-hmm. not uh, both parents but that's pretty that's pretty wild right that just chewing xylitol gum so is going to decrease the
1: xylitol gum. the kids the kids outside of mom
0: the k- baby outside of mom will have less tooth decay when so followed. what if you're
1: 48 can like your mom change your your, <laughs> <That's> how, <I laughs> your think, microbiome yeah, at that point I, not if you're no. not
0: if you're not gonna only if she's gonna convince you to brush your teeth in there maybe maybe <laughs> yeah I don't know like
1: like this would be the perfect time for a mom joke, but I'm not <laughs> 22 anymore. So, um, all right. So we got some other stuff that I want to talk about. So we were talking about tooth decay, and we were talking about um, the three major factors that play into this whole thing. So there are obviously things that are offensive to the enamel of our teeth that will increase or like expedite tooth decay. Yeah. And so let's talk about some either dietary things or. Even supplements, yeah, sure, you know, that could contribute.
0: So anything that's acidic can have a really profound impact. And I'll try to circle back to this because one of the other things um, to mention really are are people who have issues with gastric reflux, mm-hmm. bulimia. Um, mm-hmm. Or anything, you know, sometimes pregnancy where you're vomiting a lot. Mm-hmm. Though that's that's something to chat about because I vomited that really, a lot that, during I, Aaron's pregnancy <laughs> because I was
1: just so nervous about it. We had triplets, so what,
0: I would be yeah. I would be nervous too. Yeah,
1: a lot of diarrhea, a lot of vomiting.
0: <laughs> um, so we'll we'll chat about that. But it's the yeah. same principles. Any sort of acidic material, be it in food or having it in, you know, like if you were taking a an oral vitamin C where you're chewing it. I mean, I've seen people destroy their teeth with airborne, by the way. Okay. Bad. If they're using it a lot, the worst erosion I ever saw on anybody was a was a patient of mine who he was fine. He was fine. He was fine. Bam. What the heck happened? Your right. teeth are destroyed. He was dissolving the airborne in his mouth without the water, just having them in his mouth, it's very, very acidic. Yeah, um,
1: I love it. Because again, we downplay the side effects and the risks associated with these natural products. And, and you are probably the forefront of the most, uh, I guess, urgent, Side effects that can happen, you know, like we talked about apple cider vinegar a couple yeah. times. I wrote yep. an article about it. Yes, yeah, same thing. I literally went into your office that next week, I think, and we were talking and you're like, oh my God, I see yeah. enamel decay all the time.
0: Oh, I see absolute er- erosion with apple cider vinegar, people who are alkalizing their body and they're doing the right. lemon in-, in the water very frequently.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that goes back to... You know, there are things that you can do, they're good for your body, but they still can have oral consequences. So Mm -hmm. you need to be smart about how you're consuming them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, apple cider vinegar is one where you can see changes occur really quickly, you know, in a six-month period of time. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is not for nothing. That is part of the reason that we like to see patients a bit more frequently, because some of these things are not intuitive. Mm -hmm. And the... apple cider vinegar I mean it's been around well oh, it's been around for, forever right yeah. but mm-hmm. you know using it uh, as a supplement it's like relatively yeah, yeah mm-hmm. like it it's it's not super common but I've seen like an ups, an uptick mm-hmm. uh, over the last few years mm-hmm. and they'll they're in their impacts and we can identify them and help counsel somebody if we're able to see that there's a change in what's going on mm-hmm. so any sort of acid, challenge Mm -hmm. that causes the enamel to erode is going to then reduce that covering of the the shell of enamel that protects our teeth from tooth decay Mm -hmm. so one of the things that um, I think people don't realize is that after having something acidic or let's say vomiting a lot of people think well the best thing I can do is just brush I should brush my teeth but actually when you have something acidic the mineral on the outer surface of the enamel dissolves and it's sort of hovering over the tooth, mm-hmm. but it hasn't yet washed away. Mm-hmm. And that could either get washed away or it could remineralize. Mm-hmm. And the things that will help to promote remineralization are fluoride, right? Okay. That drives the the mineral back to the tooth. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you should not do is immediately go brush your teeth because now you're taking the... The mineral that's there, stripping it away. you're stripping it away, mm-hmm. and there is no way to put it back. Right. Like you, you can you, you know, not in a significant way. So, right. and your teeth need to last us for a very long time. Yeah, so you I don't start think mine. They're gonna make it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you start, you know, stripping away and stripping away, and it is gonna have a, a big impact. So what you should do if you have something acidic or you're vomiting frequently is uh, to. Use a fluoride-containing mouth rinse, rinse, and then don't brush for at least 20, 30 minutes after that. Uh, because that can help to actually get the mineral back onto the tooth, and then you continue. Or you, you can brush your tongue or do other things to help you feel cleaner. Uh, obviously, if you yeah. if you are throwing up, you're going to want to clean your mouth out. But if right. and like Halloween, right? The one uh, the once in a while occasion is not the problem. But yeah. when you're dealing with somebody who has a chronic health condition, pregnancy, something where they're going to be throwing up a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, bulimia, then it starts to really make a difference, yeah. those little modifications to what you're doing.
1: So so those are things that can offend the teeth and strip away the enamel and then make our teeth weaker. Are there things that we can do to make our teeth stronger?
0: Yeah, there are. So um, there are the fluoride, which we spoke about, that mm-hmm. helps to make the teeth stronger. It causes the mineral to be deposited more easily. And mm-hmm. then the The surface of the tooth is also going to be more resistant to acid attack. It requires a higher concentration of acid to dissolve. So that's the way that fluoride works. But there are also different products available. I'm trying to think. I don't know if there are any that are over-the-counter that are not through your dentist. But there are products, uh, CTX three and CTX four, which is a product that I use at the office. Um, MI paste, they have nano uh, minerals in them mm-hmm. that then are bio, they're available to mm-hmm. help to remineralize the tooth surface. Right. So
1: then you would do that treatment and then not do anything for like half an hour to an hour after it all out. it got to sit there. Exactly. And do you have to do that frequently? Is that something that you have to do like weekly or is that just a once and done?
0: So, uh, off, The CTX-4, which is what I use, you just use it instead of your normal toothpaste. Mm -hmm. Um, For people who have a real high risk, sometimes we'll make them custom trays that go over the teeth and you can put some of that treatment into the tray Mm -hmm. and leave it on the, you know, wear it for a half hour nightly. I try, of course, first to just give somebody a different toothpaste, right? Because the more steps and the more involved something is, the less likely you're going to get compliance. So if you're brushing your teeth anyway and you can use something that's going to be a bit more effective, great. And also those products both have very low abrasivity. Mm -hmm. So that's something that people really should be looking out for too in terms of uh, their toothpaste because toothpaste itself can can cause enamel erosion.
1: Right, fluoride's mineral. Yeah, these are minerals in them, right? And well, I mean— but we won't even wait on this one. Let's talk about charcoal toothpaste, the yeah. new newest trend.
0: Yeah. Give that a couple years and let's see what happens. Right. Very, very abrasive.
1: Right. It's sandpaper. Yeah. <laughs> charcoal is small rocks and you're that, rubbing it against your teeth.
0: And that's that's why there's the whitening effect. It's because it's actually scrubbing away those stains. stains. Mm -hmm. So this is a question that I get a lot because it's also a a misconception that using dental bleach, which isn't really bleach, it's a peroxide Peroxide, that that is bad for your teeth and it's going to hurt your teeth. Well, it's actually, it's not going to hurt your teeth at all compared to mm-hmm. charcoal toothpaste yeah. or something where you're just coming at it from the abrasion standpoint. Because, mm-hmm. And also that only removes extrinsic stains. It's not doing anything to remove the intrinsic stains that are really sunken in. You can hurt yourself using the carbamide peroxide, mm-hmm. but you've got to blatantly disregard the instructions for use but yeah. if used properly and you know according to the recommendation it can be an effective and safe way so
1: right peroxide and the whiteners kind of always hurt my mouth when i tried using them and that's probably because of the peroxide interacting with the nerves of my mouth not my teeth themselves or am i thinking about that wrong
0: um so there are two different ways that the peroxide can cause pain it mm-hmm. can, and um and if you tell me a little bit about the type of pain you're feeling, mm-hmm. I might be able to it's give mostly you more emotional. information. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the peroxide can cause pain in the gums, mm-hmm. um, and that can be combated by having a well-fitting application, right? So mm-hmm. either the, like a white strip material and making sure that you're not getting it onto the gums and that mm-hmm. you're actually keeping it on the tooth itself. Mm-hmm. Um, So that's one way that it can cause pain. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the other way is actually causing a transient sensitivity in the nerve of the tooth. Mm -hmm. And that is really common, Mm -hmm. Um, but it is transient. And if you want to have the effect of the whitening and you're having an issue with the sensitivity you'll just decrease the frequency and exposure to the peroxide so instead of it taking you 2 weeks to get the results you might have to
1: 4 to 6 weeks yeah it
0: could take yeah. long it could mm-hmm. take longer and you just do it f- you have less time
1: yeah so uh, let's talk uh, about mercury Uh, real quick, if you don't mind, because I see a lot of misinformation around mercury. There are people that have like mercury stuff in their mouth. Can Mm -hmm. you tell me what that is? I don't understand why they have mercury in their mouth.
0: Sure. So mercury uh, is one of the ingredients in an amalgam filling, which is what people will refer to as a silver filling, right? The silver or black colored fillings that, that we sometimes have in our mouths. And they're is a, you know, they were used for a very, very long time. They're going out of favor, but geez, people still get them. And insurance companies sometimes still are pushing that and have more coverage for the uh, silver fillings than they do for the composite or white-colored fillings. Mm -hmm. There are advantages and disadvantages. They are a long-lasting restoration, but they contain mercury. Mm -hmm. And um, it does release a small amount of mercury into your body by having it in there. When you chew or if it's uh if it was just sitting there untouched and you weren't chewing or using it, you really wouldn't have a lot of issue with mercury being released, but from um you know it's just sort of rubbing against your other teeth and food, some is actually released into the mouth now that said, for most people who have a reasonable amount of fillings, I don't recommend that we do anything about that oh, right really? mm-hmm. no, I mean, if somebody has no health problems. Mm-hmm and they've got fillings that are functioning well, and they're not failing, and uh, they're well-fitting, generally, I'm not going to recommend that we do anything. It's like right? dredging
1: the Hudson River. We don't want to do it, dredgeable Exactly, dredgeable.
0: right? So there needs to be some sort of compelling reason. So f- I have seen people who have chronic health conditions who I, I mean, I've witnessed it myself mm-hmm. where they had a lot of mercury, and I mean people who are loaded with it, mm-hmm. every tooth just completely loaded with the fillings, which mm-hmm. a lot of people in their uh, middle and later ages have that because that was the style of dentistry back basically until the 80s and 90s, mm-hmm. right? It was really just silver fillings in there. Some of them are really big. So I have seen people who have chronic health conditions. Some of whom developed better control of their diseases after having the mercury removed. But they were all patients who had a lot of mercury um, and they had something wrong with them, right? Mm -hmm. But for somebody who's healthy, you there is a potential risk of removing them.
1: Well, that's why I see the most is the the misinformation around the cleanses and the detoxes that you're supposed to do to get the mercury out of your system when your dentist removes those. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole set of standard operating procedures for you guys to do to make sure that you don't expose people to mercury. Yes. And then there's recommendations for after. But I, I feel like a lot of them are just kind of hokey nonsense. There are your your body is going to clear out things and and if you're, you know, eating dark leafy greens and drinking all your fluids, you're going to be clearing things out appropriately um even yeah. with a little bit of an exposure. But, you know, the idea that they need to sell people all these crazy cleanses and stuff is a little, <clears throat> little bit unnecessary in my opinion.
0: I agree. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think by the way, the people who have the biggest mercury risk are dental professionals, right. right? Because we're the ones who are who have the chronic exposure to it. Mm-hmm. Most people, what they have in their mouth is really fine, and mm-hmm. that's why most people don't have an issue with mm-hmm. it. Um, but there are different things that we can do in terms of how we're going to remove that sl- the silver filling. You know, you you don't want to go in there and just pulverize it. Uh, you can go around the outside and take it out in chunks, and that reduces the Amount that somebody's going to be exposed to, someone who's really sensitive or who may be removing it because they have health risk concerns, you can use a rubber dam in order to take it out. And also, um, being sure to use proper evacuation and just make sure that you're sucking everything up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there are different things that we can do to minimize the amount of mercury then that you'd be exposed to. Mm -hmm. But understand that actually removing it, you're going to have a big bump up in the amount of mercury that you're exposed to versus just leaving it in place and doing nothing. So I usually say, you know, fillings, unfortunately, they break down and they fail Mm -hmm. over time. Right. So the next time, when something happens to it, we'll replace it with something else, right? I'm not going to replace it with silver, but unless there's some compelling reason to do so, just leave it in place until it requires replacement on its own.
1: Yeah, great. So um, let's talk about calcium. Everybody wants to take calcium supplementation to help out with their teeth. What do you say to that?
0: Well, that would be a nice idea. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, our teeth are formed, uh, and once they're formed and they're erupted, no amount of calcium that we consume internally is going to have any impact. So, you know, people feel a lot bah, of times, bah, bah, bah. yeah, like <laughs> they'll say their teeth, they're having issues with cavities and things and they, because they've got osteoporosis or osteopenia. And they're just, frankly, they're not related. People mm-hmm. can have terrible osteoporosis and very healthy teeth. Yeah. Um, so, Anything that we're doing to have remineralization once the tooth is Mm -hmm. formed—I'm not talking about during childhood while the teeth are forming—but once the tooth is formed and erupted has to come from the outside in. And that's that's the best we can do. That's Mm -hmm. the best we can do.
1: Yeah. And there is a connection, though, between osteoporosis and teeth, and that normally has to do with gum disease and periodontal disease, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, the— If you have severe osteoporosis, that's not going to help the bone support that you have around the teeth. That said, um, periodontal disease is largely a bacterial infection problem, Mm -hmm. more so than a bone problem, Mm -hmm. assuming somebody doesn't have severe, severe disease, right? So if you can keep the bacterial level around the teeth down and also... Control the type of pathogens mm-hmm. that um, that someone has because periodontal disease is caused by very different bacteria than cavities are caused by, right? So there are more spirochetes um, that are real nasty creatures living below the gum line. They're anaerobic, yeah. um, so. That's also one of the reasons that smoking, by the way, has an impact, right? Because it decreases the oxygen around uh, and the and the blood flow around the teeth, mm-hmm. and creates a more anaerobic friendly uh, environment, which then invites those more pathogenic anaerobic bacteria. Mm-hmm. So, it's it's really a matter of keeping those areas clean and managing the the tooth surface Mm -hmm. so that the bacterial colonization is going to be limited.
1: Yeah. And from a pharmacist perspective, people that are looking to treat themselves, their bone disease and they have periodontal disease or they have gum disease. uh, That's actually a risk factor for uh, uh, like worse disease with those drugs uh, because that is a side effect that can worsen those things. Mm -hmm. So that's the one situation where it's like justified to not use certain types of, you know, bone strengthening medications, uh, but typically it's it's all okay. So right. So is two thirty really the best time to see a dentist, of or is course. that too close to your lunch break? Of
0: course it is.
1: <laughs> all right, just making sure. <laughs> so let's talk about SLS. Uh, when we're buying toothpaste, a lot of people don't understand that the foaming agent in there is pretty harmful yeah, to some people. Yeah,
0: thanks for bringing that up because no that's a. I'll get on my soapbox about nice. it. So on a personal level, mm-hmm. um, you
1: hate SLS and you I, you hope it dies. I mean,
0: so my daughter really suffered with uh, aphthous ulcers, ca- canker sores, mm-hmm. and I got real strict about the SLS, and mm-hmm. it made a huge difference for her, and it makes a huge difference for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, SLS is really related to canker sores, but also it can be a significant irritant for people, particularly if they're already predisposed to dry mouth or they're having issues with... Um, with any sort of gum irritation, mm-hmm. so and, and quite frankly, we don't need it, right? Right. So they're putting it in for bogus reasons to make us feel like our teeth are getting clean, mm-hmm. but hurting us in the process potentially. Yeah. So you know, the Ctx four uh, is one that, like I said, that has a higher amount of fluoride and very low abrasivity and is SLS free. So that's a go-to for me on a prescription on the prescription end, Mm -hmm. but you can, there are, there are more and more toothpaste now that are SLS free. Oh yeah. Um, We have a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that people do really well with. Mm -hmm. Um, Also for people who have a, predisposition to just gum irritation and they're real sensitive and the gums feeling tender switching to something that's a mild flavor milder flavor maybe a non-mint flavor can also be helpful
1: yeah i mean these essential oils that they're using to get the peppermint flavor and stuff those are caustic so you know maybe you're just a little bit sensitive to the different concentrations you get exposed to
0: triclosan too is something that to mention because you know that's that's in Colgate Total, and but that it work. It is an effective uh, antimicrobial. antimicrobial, but it is it's carcinogenic. I, I mm-hmm. avoid that one. Right. Any <laughs> other know?
1: any other uh, ingredients do you tell people not to get in their toothpaste?
0: Um, I mean, basically, the SLS and the triclosan are the ones that I avoid. Mm-hmm. The I do see a good amount of uh, oral irritation f- from the crest. Um pro health I've seen quite a bit.
1: What's in there that you think is doing that?
0: So there's Stannis fluoride in there, which I didn't really necessarily expect to see that from. Also, there are those big crystals in there that I see sometimes get actually stuck in people's gums. They're like these just they're shards they're, of glass they're little shards of plastic is my understanding, is that they're actually like little plastic pieces that give it color and like a texture. Huh. Um but that can cause some tissue sloughing and it's enough that when I see that effect in people, I'll ask them if that's their toothpaste and oftentimes it is. Yeah. So it's not something that affects everybody, but um, but it happens often enough that I can't recommend that product per yeah. se. Yeah, yeah, that's
1: interesting. We wouldn't even think of it. Most people are pretty think that toothpaste is pretty benign and just put it in your mouth and you're fine. But yeah. you have to be really selective about that too, you know?
0: Right. I mean... You're putting something in your mouth, hopefully mm-hmm. twice a day, right? Yes. So, um, so it it is something that you want to make sure is going to be healthy, and we rely on right the industry to guide us, but there are a lot of toothpaste, quite frankly, that people use that they shouldn't use. They shouldn't make them. Yeah, you know, there are a lot of toothpaste that have way higher abrasivity than is recommended by the ADA.
1: Mm-hmm. How do you? How do I know that? Like, do you so deserve-
0: there are lists on uh, you can like Google it and Google write their lists about um, abrasivity of toothpaste. Mm-hmm. But it's really inter- like, why do they even make it then? Yeah, and the same thing with like hard toothbrushes. Like, why do they make it? Mm-hmm. Then you're not supposed to use those things. You're supposed to use a soft brush. So we can't always go by the fact that just because it's made that it's safe and that it's recommended. Yeah. Um. And. Quite frankly, the big companies are the ones that make it easy for dentists to promote those products, right? Because they send you samples and they're hooked up with the, um, you know, with the middlemen companies that we deal with and supply chains that we deal with. And it's a lot more expensive and more difficult to use some of these other products. Um, So, or sometimes it's just not even available, but they're not everything that's out there is something that necessarily we would recommend people use.
1: Yeah. So, uh, why are Dennis so chatty when I've got stuff all in my mouth? What's up with that?
0: Well, you've seen that like Bill Cosby. I don't watch anything
1: with Bill Cosby. Hey, whoa, Uh, whoa, whoa. This is like super old. (laughs) Um,
0: but yeah, but he was
1: still being bad around then. So let's be honest with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: I don't know. But why do we talk when people like, I, I Why like, don't you just
1: play 21 questions when we I come like, in? That I, would make more sense. Just yes and no. I'm thinking like of an animal. I like my patience.
0: Yes. By the way, <laughs> you know, I I'm like so good at understanding mumbling. That's funny. And You're I really feel like I game. could have like a conversation with somebody, no problem, like while <laughs> I'm working on
1: them. That game I'm where, where they be like lonely stretch all your day. Uh, yeah, I've like, like, like I've
0: like got that game down. I'm sure. You're <laughs>
1: probably a pro at it. All right. Well, I mean, holistic dentistry is, you know, I always say a holistic pharmacist is a made up term by me uh, that basically says I want people to use less drugs, more lifestyle interventions, and uh, but not be afraid of medications and use them when they're appropriate, right? Yeah, exactly. um, And holistic dentistry is probably a, another made up term that we uh, are going to use and uh, we're going to be proud in it and say that we want people to, to prevent disease first.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I, and talk about a conspiracy, right? What's in it for me, Yeah. right? Other than knowing that I'm helping somebody. I I don't want somebody to have disease. I don't want to have to, I don't want to have to drill on their teeth if we can come at it from a different direction.
1: Yeah. I, you know, the idea like, there's a lot of people that say the medical industry wants people to be sick because there's no money in the cure and that's not true because there's there's always opportunity and there's always going to be diseases and there's always going to be things that we can't prevent yeah so we'll have plenty to do you know uh, but not treating it correctly will lead to this huge opportunity and more money for us so the the ideal situation is I have a bunch of overweight diabetics that I have to sell uh, all those drugs to,
0: right? Forever, forever and forever. Yet they're never going to get better.
1: But it would be much better on all of us if that wasn't the situation. The same thing for you like, if you had a bunch of people with their teeth rotting out of their face, then yeah, yeah that's that would be a profitable
0: work out. situation for mm-hmm. me. But I don't want to, you know, I don't want to see people going through that,
1: right? So, understanding that practitioners on on. The, in the streets, you know, like on the forefront are obviously looking at people, um, as people and, and trying to do the best for them. So without misinformation, without an ax to grind, the, the ax to grind is, is for people to live a better, healthier life. Yeah, you know? so. exactly. All right. Well, thank you very much for coming on today. And, uh, I hope to work with you more in the future, building nice sets of content around, uh, misinformation, in the dental industry.
0: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you having me on.
1: No problem. Thank you, Dr. Patch, for talking about these dental health basics. I can't wait to have her on again. Hopefully, then we'll be able to dig in a bit deeper on some new and exciting things in the dental world. If you can consider things in the dental world exciting, I'm sure dentists do. Probably the ones that read Dental Products Report especially do. So I went the whole episode without saying my most used dental joke, so I feel like I should say it now. You know, we know the toothbrush was invented right here in Woodstock because anywhere else it would have been called the teeth brush. Uh uh-huh. So now you can take that joke and insert any town name you'd like and have a crowd-pleasing joke ready to go. Uh, besides jokes, I do love analogies and teaching tools. And I think Claudia's approach to the like touchy but toothy subject of fluoride is great. I think everything carries risk, of course, yet the body of evidence around fluoride is one of the most extensive of any medical intervention, period. And it's overwhelmingly positive, of course. So to fix problems that a lack of fluoride creates requires chemicals and compounds that are safe but don't have nearly the depth of data as fluoride does. And, you know, the first time she'd said that to me, I was like, that's brilliant. You're coming on the podcast. So to make Dr. Patch your holistic dental expert, I want you to visit TischlerDental.com, T-I-S-C-H-L-E-R-D-E-N-T-A-L.com or email her at Claudia, C-L-A-U-D-I-A at TischlerDental.com. So thanks for joining us again. And until next time, keep listening, keep learning and be well.